them as to what it really involves. Have you ever seen one of the old Western movies and they're across the border there in Mexico and they're staying at this spacious hacienda and out on the veranda sipping lemonade or something like that and the Spanish host comes and he says, everything I have is yours. Well, now, what does he mean by that? Well, everything in general, but don't you lay your hands on the silver. Everything in general and nothing in particular. I wonder tonight how many of you find yourself where so many others of us have found ourselves realizing that we have come to God in what you might call the usual way and generally put yourself into God's hands without specifically really giving God anything day by day consistently to walk with Him and to let Him have His way in specific real-life situations. Perhaps that's the problem with our commitment. Perhaps that's why we are never aware of answered prayer because we pray so generally when God answers, we don't really know it. And we're committed in such a general way if God were to use us on the basis of our commitment, we'd never know that God had used us because our commitment is such a general thing. God has never done anything for anybody that he will not do for you. Let that sink in. God has never done anything for anybody that he will not do for you. You think of the person either living or gone, either in the present or in the distant past, a great figure of history or a model after whom you try to pattern yourself today. You think of that person and I can promise you that God has never done anything for them that he is not ready to do for you. God has no favorites, but don't expect to be some kind of a superhero Christian unless you are obedient to what you know God wants you to do. Commitment is God's condition. God's condition for the abundant life to be yours day by day. Complete commitment means that I am His. And you know, it's, it's like being chauffeur-driven. Being in the back seat, leaving the driving to somebody else, and just sitting back to look around at the beauties of the world. That's what it's like to be completely committed to Jesus. For when you are totally committed to Him, all of the pressure is His. All of the problems are His problems. All of the demands are on Him. All of the attacks are His. All of the accusations are directed against Him. And all of the hate and all of the heartache that must be endured belongs to Him. And though you cannot handle it, He can. When you're completely committed to Him, you are His problem. He has to worry about you. Complete commitment involves death, death of the old man, death of the sin nature so that Christ can live His life in you. And as, as has been often said, dead men 
feel no pain. And so when you feel the struggles, when you personally feel the pressure and the tension, and you fail and you stumble and you fall, you may know that you're walking in the flesh and not in the Spirit. For commitment means that you are His. You are His problem, and He is honor-bound to meet all of your needs, whatever they may be. Commitment, what is it? I want to mention three things that commitment involves tonight. First of all, commitment begins with abandonment. Commitment begins with abandonment. You know what the word abandon means. It means that you leave whatever it is that is being abandoned, you walk away from it and you never look back. You abandon it. You leave it alone. You put it out of your life and it ceases to be a part of your experience. Commitment begins with abandonment. Abandonment of what? Abandonment of self. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verses 24 and 25, Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. As we turn from self to the Savior, the process of commitment begins. Commitment is not only an experience. It is a process that continues through life. Commitment beginning with abandonment means that you cling only to Christ. The old man is dead when Jesus is Lord, when you have abandoned yourself and Christ himself lives in you. When the scripture talks about the death of the old man and the life of Christ within us, it's not exaggerating. It is not using a figure of speech as some think. It is talking about plain and simple reality in as simple words as God could find to put it into in Galatians 2.20, Paul gives a personal testimony. If it were true of every Christian, the world would be a different place. But it's not. It was Paul's testimony. It may be your experience as you commit everything you are to Christ and abandon yourself. Paul said, I am or I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In Romans 6, 11, Romans 6, 7, and 8 are three chapters of Scripture that are absolutely bedrock to the daily walk of the Christian you ought to master them. Don't expect to do it in a few days. It could take a few years. But in Romans 6, 11, Paul says, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead unto sin, but alive unto God through the Lord Jesus Christ. When you receive a bank statement from month to month, those of you who have enough money in the bank to worry about it, and you come down to the bottom of the statement 
And it says there that you have $41.20 in the bank, and that's high. I doubt very seriously, if you go down to the bank at 8 o'clock the next morning and you explain to the local friendly banker, now I understand that I have $41.20 in the bank, and I want you to take me into the vault and show me that $41.20. Well, why don't you? Well, you see, the bottom line of the ledger says $41.20, and you just accept it. The word in Romans 6 is an accounting term, the word reckon. It means you read the bottom line of the ledger and you accept it as the truth and you live on the basis of it. When you read the bottom line in your checkbook and it's accurate and you need to pay the money out or to spend it or to use it by faith, you take a check and you write it and you give it away. And the scriptures say, Jesus is alive in you. And as you abandon yourself and surrender control of your life to Jesus, you can look at the bottom line where it says Christ lives in me and you can live your life by faith on the basis of the fact that Jesus is there to meet your needs every day. Commitment begins with abandonment of self. Colossians 3.3, Paul states it again. This is not a testimony, this is a fact. For you are dead, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's pretty secure footing. You are not only hidden, hidden from what? Hidden from death, eternal death, punishment of sin, hidden from hell, hidden from all of the things you deserve. You are hidden, and where? With Christ. The place of commitment is the place of the abiding presence of Jesus. And you will find that without that abiding presence of Christ, no circumstances in life is good enough to make you happy. And with the abiding presence of Christ... No circumstance in life is bad enough to drag you down. As Christians, we're better off in the most abject of circumstances where Jesus is than with all of the bounty the world can afford alone without Him. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. In God. And you as a Christian have the assurance of God that when you abandon yourself, Romans 8, 28, for all things work together for good to them who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. That verse of Scripture, that fact of life, will operate for you and nothing that the world, the flesh, or the devil can do can destroy you. Because you are dead and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Scripture teaches that abandonment begins the process of commitment. Turning from self to the Savior brought you salvation. And it is a continued turning from yourself 
to the Lordship of Christ every day that will lead you down the pathway of abundant living day by day. Commitment begins with abandonment. But then notice with me that commitment continues with identification. What do I mean by identification? I mean that you identify yourself with Jesus Christ every day. I'm not talking about associating with Christ. I'm not talking about Christian companions or Christian friends. I mean that as Paul said in Romans 6, 11, you identify yourself with Christ, reckon yourselves also dead unto sin, but alive unto God. Galatians 2, 20, I am dead, yet I live, but it's not me, it's Jesus living in me. Commitment continues in identification as we walk daily with the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Paul says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Commitment is a process, not a one-time experience. It commences or begins with abandonment of yourself. It continues with identification as we walk daily with the Lord. Jesus said, deny yourself, that's abandonment. He said, take up the cross, that is identification. Let Jesus live his life in you. That will mean that your life will be lived on the basis of his purpose, not yours. It means that your life will be lived day by day, his way, his way, not your way. It means that you totally identify yourself with Him every day. I'm not talking about the imitation of Christ. I'm not talking about asking the question, what would Jesus do? I'm talking about surrendering enough of yourself to Jesus that when the time comes to make a decision, He just routinely does through you what He wants to do. It continues with identification. This identification must be exclusive. It must exclude from your life anything that is contrary to the will and the ways of God. Commitment is not a maybe situation. It's not a halfway thing. You are either committed or you are not. And it must be an exclusive identification that puts out of your life anything contrary to the will and the ways of God. I believe most of us know what it is like to have some secret sin, to have some pet habit, to have something that we crave and desire and cherish, and maybe nobody knows about it but God. But make no mistake, God knows. God knows. And God, listen very carefully, God will not compromise with you. 
Friends, God doesn't have to bargain with people, and he never has. It is either going to be God's way in your life, or it's going to be no way at all as far as your daily relationship to Christ. Some of us, I'm sure, right now, this very day, are involved in the process of trying to hold on to Jesus with one hand and that very pet thing we desire but need to be rid of with the other. And you are not happy and you will not be happy until in complete identification with Christ you allow him to exclude from your life that which dishonors him. That identification must not be exclusive. It must also be inclusive. It must include all of life, every area of life. Nothing must be left out. He is interested in all that you are. He is concerned with everything that you are concerned with. In every area of your life, you must be identified with the will and the way, the purposes of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that identification must be irrevocable. You cannot take it back. You are His, and you always will be. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. That's abandonment. Let him take up his cross. That is identification. And then commitment climaxes in service. Commitment climaxes in service. He said, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. That's service. Jesus Christ made a statement to his disciples that ought to frighten us. For as he charged his disciples with their task in our world, he said, as the Father hath sent me, so send I you. Did you hear him? As the Father hath sent me, so send I you. How did the Father send Jesus? He sent him to serve. He sent him to love. He sent him to be mistreated. He sent him to be abused. He sent him to give of himself even when nobody gave to him in return. He sent him to spend himself for a lost and dying world. And Jesus said, I send you the same way that God sent me. Oh, don't complain. Don't be bitter when life bothers you and hurts you when people mistreat you that's what Jesus sent you to be commitment climaxes in service and this service is to be continuous there are to be no holidays from your commitment to Jesus Christ for you see wherever you are at work on the, uh, at school, at home, in town, out of town, on vacation, whatever you are doing, there is a way God wants to use you where you are every day. There to be no vacations, no holidays from Him. 
that service is to be selfless service. As Paul wrote in Acts 20, 24, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Paul said, I don't count my life dear. He said, I don't try to take care of myself, but one thing I desire, and that is to be used, to be spent in his service. Jesus went on to say, for whoever shall hoard his life and keep it for himself shall lose it. But whosoever loses his life, gives it away, forfeits it for my sake, the same shall keep it unto life eternal. In everything that Jesus said, the words that he used were in a tense of action in the Greek, which is a continuous action. It just keeps on going. He is saying, keep on denying yourself. Keep on taking up your cross. Keep on following me. It is to be continuous. It is to be constant. A so-called partial commitment brings only insecurity, doubt, and frustration. But complete commitment gives peace and real joy. And Jesus says of the one who is completely committed to him day by day, out of him shall flow rivers of living water. You and I need to be very careful to distinguish between activity and commitment. I have been in the church, as have most of you probably all of my life, and I could tell story after story as you could about individuals whose lives were consumed with activity in the church who were empty, unhappy, unfulfilled, frustrated people. Distinguish very carefully between activity and commitment. You may do all of the things that are associated with commitment. You may do all of the things that people could use to measure commitment as far as they could see and yet be dying inside and have no real commitment to Jesus Christ. Down within, in the secret place where only God sees and sometimes we fancy we can hide that from Him. There is the issue, there is the answer, and there is a question to be dealt with tonight. And that question is this, have you come to God in the usual way? Or have you really committed your life to Him? The word commitment originates with the Jewish practice of sacrifice, where the offering, which was to be spotless, which was to be perfect, which was to be without any blemish, 
was to be given to God, that offering was brought and it was laid on the altar of sacrifice. And there the worshiper took his hands off of it and walked away and gave it to God. That's what commitment is. Have you really committed your life to God? Or do you try desperately to serve God but to do it your own way? Do you try to serve Him but do it in your method to accomplish what you want to do? Do you say to God, Lord, I commit my life to you. Now let me tell you where we need to go with my life. That'll never work. You see, he's going to be Lord of all, or he's not going to be Lord at all. Commitment. Let a man deny himself. It begins with abandonment of self. Let him take up his cross. It continues with identification. And follow me. And the path of following Jesus is always the path of service to others. I would remind us, and we should not have to be reminded, but sometimes we do, that when you serve others, you're serving God. Sometimes there's an element missing in an otherwise beautiful Christian life. And most often it is the element of selfless giving. For so often, even in the midst of our service and our commitment to God, there's an element of self-interest, of self-serving. It'll never work. Are you committed to Him? Do you mean business? Or have you come to God in the usual way? All of your activity, all of the positions you hold, all of the work that you do, all that you give by way of money and goods and material things will not substitute for a down deep, unreserved commitment of everything that you are to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. If there is missing in your life an element of real commitment, then you may this night make a decision to follow Him more carefully, to follow Him more completely, to lay self-interest aside, to shake that nagging fear that if you give yourself to God, He'll make you do something you don't want to do, and just trust Him. Trust Him with your life. Will you? Join me in prayer. Father in heaven, I confess tonight a gross inadequacy to express what I so desire to express. Father, such an inability to say in understandable ways what it means to be committed. But Lord, I commit this puny effort to you and ask that your Holy Spirit would enliven the words of Scripture and would apply them to our hearts tonight. Lord, I don't know the hearts of these, my people. I don't know their needs. 
But I know that every one of us needs to be more fully committed to Christ. Father, draw from us tonight life-changing commitment, not in a general way, but in a specific way. Lord, I ask you right this moment, as I believe your Spirit already is, to zero in on every heart and to lay your finger on that thing which means more to you sometimes, means more to us than you do. Lord, show it to us. Reveal to us what stands in the way of total commitment. By your grace, give us the courage to give it up and to give our lives completely to you, trusting you. Lord, I know that you'd never hurt us. Father, may many lives be changed. Lord, I thank you that though some lives may change only inwardly, there may not be a great outward difference because that's always been there. But I just thank you for the reality of inner commitment. I pray that whether the need is great or small, every worshiper will be responsive to your will tonight. Receive our commitment and honor Christ through it, I pray in his name. Amen. We stand to sing together the song you know. I have decided to follow Jesus. You stand right now. And if you've decided to follow Christ and there is a level of commitment that you have not reached, then you do it tonight. For many of you, it will mean walking this aisle to kneel and pray, to pray with me, to join this church, perhaps to begin the whole process of commitment by giving your heart and life to Christ and letting Him save you tonight. What He would have you do, do it right now. Do it quickly.